everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Holly Warner. Holly, good morning. Good morning. So you and I were having a really interesting conversation on Monday during our morning meeting, which is supposed to be for 30 minutes and usually ends up going for 45. 45, yeah. Um, or starting early. And we are just kind of reflecting a little bit. It is that time of year, just about not only your, your inner growth, but just your kind of material growth, not in forms of like acquiring things. Right. Cause I don't like, yes, things. you don't, you don't I at all. And like, actually you live a very modest lifestyle say, for I, people I like money in the bank. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that was really the, the conversation. I'm just kind of leading into that. So people yeah. understand that you're not actually, um, we want to jump into multiple streams of income. We had this conversation and we yeah. brought it to social media. There was a ton of engagement on social media about what multiple streams of income have and how many do people have. And there's some great questions that came from that, which sparked this, mm-hmm. a lot of big conversations that and we've we, kind of had. We wrote an article about Yes, and founder and force multiplier. So it's kind of been a conversation in our, on all of our um, platforms over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. We even had a a speak, uh, one of our, our presidents come in and talk about their multiple streams of income to Mm -hmm. project U participants. And they were kind of just assessing it. I think one of the big ahas that people had from there was in multiple streams income, they don't have to be like this massive, I'm taking on a whole other job. It's Mm -hmm. the, the natural byproduct of, of creating multiple streams of income is things that you're already doing that you can capitalize on. Right. Because some of the, some of the streams of income I'm thinking of um, our president who shared or even myself, some of my streams of income are very small, but how much time am I putting into it? Zero. Yes. Right. It's past some like profit shares, passive income. Do I make a ton of money off of it? No. Have I spent any time invested into it? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. You know, that's why when you look at, when you, when you compare yourself sometimes to people who are like, oh, they're making half a million dollars or a million dollars or $3 million and like they're doing that. But then you, you, you pause for a second. I had a great conversation with one of my really good friends and he was looking at like this chat group going on about all these people making a ton of money, but then complaining like, oh, I got this money, but like, I don't have a life. And like, they were kind of joking around, like it was a badge that they were doing it. Okay. And he said at first, he's like, he got really kind of hit disturbed by it. Like, oh man, maybe I should step up and make more money. Even though he goes, man, I'm making six, $700,000 a year. I'm living yeah. this. And now I see these people doing like, now I'm almost feeling like I'm inadequate. Mm-hmm. And he said, but then he took some time to reflect and actually think about, well, how do I really want to structure my life? right? How do I want to, how do I want to actually live my life? And I think that's why it's really important to create multiple streams of income so that you can, the things that you're already doing, you can capitalize on. So give us some examples, Hallie, of some things that you're doing either now or into 2021 from an employee perspective, right? Cause I think yeah. people have this interpretation that only entrepreneurs can have multiple streams of income. Right. There's no limitations in any company, at least for in my world, people can go create as many multiple streams of income as they want, as long as it's not interfering with the results of the organization. Right. Yeah. Which that's kind of where like my perspective comes in is, and even when I talk to other force multipliers about this is I get it from a business owner perspective, I, like at some point. I'm not going to ever, I'm not going to get more salary from you. I just, I knowing it as a business woman, I understand where there might be, I don't want to say a cap, but there's going to be a salary cap at some point for the work I'm doing in my job. Right. And, and I hear that sometimes from other force multipliers or even just other staff in general, like, well, I want to earn more money. And, and yes, do you go and you ask for additional compensation? Do you make sure that you share the value you're providing and are compensated fairly for the market and the work that you're doing a hundred percent, but at some point it's a business, a business is a business and you're not, I'm, you're not going to pay me a million dollars to do my job in salary. But if I want to earn a million dollars, there's an opportunity for me to do that. And how I do that is with these multiple streams of income. I have my salary, I have five other sources of income. They range from 
coaching and training through Adam Hergenrother Coaching. They include sometimes speaking engagements. It's profit share. Um, how else do I earn money? Founder and first multiplier book. Um, yes. Um, earn equity in a couple of different yes. companies. And um, I'm working on two more streams of income because I do have these higher income goals. And I'm working on getting my real estate license so I can get referrals. Again, for things I'm already doing, let me just get compensated for them. And then I'm working on a lifestyle blog with my sister, which is currently under construction. So lots of opportunities to earn money, but it's not, in my opinion, the employer's responsibility to to the employee to get you everything that you want. They can get you the, a little bit there and then provide this world that um, you can earn all these different um, income opportunities from or, or outside of it, like um, the blog that I'm doing. So what if somebody's an employee thinking they're going like, well, you know, where do I start? Like, how do I talk, do I talk to my entrepreneur first about this? I mean, you and I have had these conversations for years, but just where do I, where does somebody start that's an employee or in, in the going, Hey, I understand that I want to walk into the, to this office and say, I need to get, make, you know, extra $15,000 a year, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. And that may or may not be the conversation, but mm-hmm. let's assume in this case that it's not, where do people start? I think the first thing that you do is make sure that you're being fairly compensated for the actual job that you're performing. And that might get you another $5,000. Mm-hmm. So then you only have a Delta of 20 or sorry, 10 that you need to close. Um, and then, and then I think you tap into what do you, uh, what do you want and what do you enjoy doing? And if that really is your goal to get that 10,000, first of all, why, um, I always go back to the, why do you want to earn that income? Um, and then dive really deep into what is your, what are your skills? Can you do that within the company? Is it taking on a weekend shift at the front desk? Um, or is it, uh, coaching or training, um, de- again, depending on whatever your skill set is and what you actually want to do, then you just figure out how to, whether you can do it in the company, great. And if you can't do it outside of the company, there's a million ways to earn um, additional income. I was actually, when I was writing the blog, I was like, great time. If you have some sort of area of expertise, great time to put a course online, charge 10 bucks for it, get a couple hundred people to do it and then do that several times. There you go. Yeah. Um, there's just so many ways to, to earn, to earn additional income. So with the, so many different ways that are out there, how does somebody narrow down to like the next logical one for them? I, I think it goes back to what are your, what are your skills and, and what do you actually enjoy doing? And that's not going to take to, like, for me, I wouldn't want any of these additional streams of income are actually very, Limited um, with your time. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much spend no time on any of them, um, which is awesome. And because my main focus is my actual, mm-hmm job. So I think, yeah, it just depends on how much time do you have? Where do you, if you really love writing and you love creating content and you have two children, well, is there an opportunity for you to develop content or when you're just hanging out with your kids, there's your, there's your content, you put it on Instagram, maybe you get some sponsorships and go from there. Yeah. You know, and I, uh, thank you for sharing it from your perspective. I think as a, um, as an employee, there's, there's always things. I remember when I was an employee way back in the day, um, I used to come home from my job being like, what else can I do? And like, I was like, I'm just gonna write a book. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Like, I just trying to yeah, figure so out other sources. Exactly. Just, yeah. and it's just kind of like, it's not even as much as like the income itself is a wonderful byproduct of it, but it's almost as if you just want to create more. You want yes. to be engaged and leaning a little bit more into life than just then just part of, part of having multiple streams of income. That's why I love the way you said is like, what do you enjoy and what are your skills? It's just a natural byproduct of you investing into yourself. That is yeah. just going in different. It doesn't mean it has to be isolated to one particular business, right? Yeah. It can be leaked over into many different things. I was going to say, I'll give you an example 
before I started working here, I worked as an executive assistant at a public high school and it was a very like seven to four job and that's mm -hmm. all. So, and I've, I mean that, that would, my salary was dictated by the, the school board. So like there was no wiggle room in that. So I was doing these boot camp classes. I loved them. Um, I loved social media and kind of PR as you know, I love all that stuff. So what did I do? I started doing some freelance social media and PR for the boot camp gym that I went to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a great yeah. example. Yeah. And so then as an entrepreneur, right, you're, you kind of look up and you, you say, okay, well, how do I create this world large enough so everyone can achieve their income goals in there? What you're also saying is how can I create a world large enough so everyone can grow in my world? Mm -hmm. Because growth and income typically tie together. Now there's going to be some challenges where you grow and your income may be going down for a second, but then it can come back up from the growth that's there. And isn't that maybe one of the reasons why you have multiple streams exactly. of income? Yeah. So when one goes down, maybe you lean a little bit heavier on the other one, depending on what's going on in the economy or the, in the industry or the market. Yeah. I mean, and, and so when you're, when you're thinking about this from a, an entrepreneur perspective or even a divisional leader, when you're creating a world large enough, part of one of the reasons actually why we created a coaching company was to give people opportunity in our world to coach, mm -hmm. right? It was also just a natural byproduct of what we'd love to do. I mean, I loved coaching. I loved teaching. I mean, when I first started teaching, I would pay to go teach. People forget that sometimes. And I would not like pay the audience, but I would pay my way. I would pay the travel. I pay the airfare or whatever it was just to go out there and teach. And then eventually as that you start getting better and better and more in demand, you can charge money for it. Just like anything when you're starting off kind of the side hustle, whether you're writing a blog, you're not going to go out there and get Patagonia to sponsor it, right? Like right. you, yeah. you, you need to start do, doing do it. Google ads that pay yes. you five cents. Five cents. <laughs> exactly. You just start off somewhere to do this. You're almost a little bit on your side hustles. You're kind of throwing, a, I don't really love this term, but you're throwing a little bit of mud to some of the things to see what kind of sticks for you um, on some of these side hustles that you're doing when you're doing it. So, but as an entrepreneur, where can you go and create I agree that it's not our responsibility, Hallie, to, you know, to automatically increase somebody's wealth just by giving it to them. But I do think it's our responsibility as an entrepreneur to make sure that the opportunity is there for people to be able to grow their income this morning, even this, this. And so I think there's a big distinction there. Well, because there's a difference in my opinion between the salary, which is to a certain degree dependent on the position mm -hmm. and what the market dictates and what the company budget is and all yeah. of that. And yeah. then there's this, these other income opportunities that are either from the company or from outside. Yeah. Which is a way to get, it's like when people say, Hey, I want to make $200,000 a year. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's not like people instantly go, I have to pay him $200,000 in salary. No, well, because, but I think it's so interesting that you say that from that entrepreneur perspective, because I work with a lot of employees of like larger companies and that is what they're thinking is I need to make $200,000 or a hundred thousand dollars, which means I need my employer to give me that salary. That's because their employer hasn't created multiple opportunities for them to exceed that. Most of those companies might not be particularly entrepreneurial. I don't know. Well, you don't have to be entrepreneurial to go out there and, and coach if it's, if the available is there to change your thinking about how you get income, I think is a little bit more entrepreneurial than maybe. I don't know if that's entrepreneurial because you're not really taking the massive risk. I think as entrepreneurship is taking a massive risk with your own money, you're only okay, risking yes. time here. So it's not really, I don't think it's an entrepreneurial I think standpoint. It's a different mindset for an employee. Yes, because they need to get out of the world of like, I work for somebody yes, that's only going to pay, pay me a salary. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes. 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 I don't know if that's, it's not entrepreneurial to go create multiple streams of income. You can call it that you want, but I think I if think I look at it. You the, have to have a slight entrepreneurial tendency or an entrepreneurial spirit to, to go create. I mean, 
but you're not creating. What if the world is like, let me, I'm I'm just thinking about in our world, a lot of our employees are coaching people too. Yes. And they're getting three, $4,000 a month extra on top of their salaries to do that. Is that really being entrepreneurial? I think all of those individuals are highly entrepreneurial. They're not entrepreneurs, but they are very entrepreneurial. Yeah. I mean, I think most people in general have entrepreneurial tendencies. I totally disagree. I think because of the world we operate in, those are the ones we're associated with. But um, I think of my husband, no entrepreneurial bone in his body. Yeah. But what if there was an opportunity for him though? Nope. To be able to do that. Guarantee no. Yeah. Even if he's, even if somebody said, Hey, I'll give you some extra money to go coach this group of people over here starting off. Nope. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not going to argue with that, but, um, but I mean, I just kind of look at this as perspective as yes, maybe there needs to be a, an entrepreneurial tendency that people want to do this, but you don't have to be an entrepreneur to go out there and create multiple streams of income. Network marketing is a great example. You can create lots of different income, but you don't actually own the company that you're doing network marketing for. Yeah. But you have to have some sort of like entrepreneurialness to want to go, uh, uh, create followers and connect sure. with some. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I mean, so part of that, I mean, you, yes, you are, you're going to have some entrepreneur tendencies, but, um, I just want to get across that people listening to this as our audience is that you don't have to be this full blown risk taker as people hear and define the word entrepreneurial or even entrepreneur. You don't have to go out and take this massive risk, which is what I think prevents most people from in the first place. And so you don't also have to be born with these entrepreneurial tendencies before to go out there and do that. Cause you may not, you may be listening to this and say, well, I'm not really an entrepreneur. So therefore I can't do that. I'm not an entrepreneur. Exactly. So yeah. that's, that was my point with kind of bringing that up. Like, I, I think that, so you just need to kind of reframe your thinking and unpack that a little bit as, as you're listening to this and saying, okay, well, how do I go and create an income stream and in, without taking massive risk? The only risk that you really be taking is maybe time. Right. And so, and then I think from an entrepreneur standpoint, from an ownership standpoint is how do you provide equity, right. As a compensation package to your key employees, right. To tie them in, to give them opportunities, to give them additional income, to get them tying into it. Then how do you create profit share for your employees? Right. Um, so that profit share ends up adding up to a a decent amount of somebody's salary. So you're giving even the employees who have no entrepreneurial tendencies, right. At least from an entrepreneur standpoint, you're willing to give back to profit share. So that's a secondary stream of income for these people. And I know for us, we like to pay that out quarterly, right. Um, for our, for our organization. And, you know, last time we paid that out, it was, you know, people got one to $6,000 for that quarter. Right. So it's just an additional income stream as an entrepreneur that you can create. And so how do you create that just from, from that level? So you're going to hear two different perspectives today. One from Hallie, one from me. And that is like, what is your foundational set of income that you have? Meaning like there should be a foundational set of amount of money that you want to make. And then anything above and beyond that you should be willing to share. Are you saying you, the business owner? Yes. You as the business owner, like, and that may be um, numbers are irrelevant because everyone has a different thing. It could be a hundred grand. It could be 500 grand. It could be a million. I don't really think it needs to be above that. Right. I think if that, that's probably more self-indexed if you're, if it's more than a million dollars, because you're after a couple hundred thousand dollars of, of after-tax money, your, your, your life is not going to change. Your happiness factor from life is not going to change from the amount of money you make. It doesn't mean you don't want to go after it, but I'm just saying that. And I, and saying I always that. say, 
well, let me experience that. <laughs> yes. And then, yes. and then I'll, yes. then I'll decide. Yes. Or you could just use wisdom. Right. <laughs> um, but I get it. I mean, we all want to go taste that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we all want that taste for it. I mean, including me, right. We all, we all, we all get caught up in that. So anyways, but my point is you want to create your foundational set of money. So if you're listening as an entrepreneur, maybe you say, okay, well, my business is making a hundred thousand dollars. You say, great. Okay. Let's create a profit share system for anything above a hundred thousand dollars. Your life's not going to change from giving it profit share because it's not going to kick into effect until at least a hundred thousand dollars or more question for you. Yeah. When you say the business is making a hundred thousand dollars, is it the business or is it you, the entrepreneur? Well, I'm assuming that the entrepreneur is a hundred percent owner. So, okay. um, if you're not a hundred percent owner, then you just figure out what your foundational set of money is. And that may be a hundred grand. That means if you're a 75% owner, maybe the business has to net $150,000, right? And then after $150,000, you then start sharing the additional profit, uh, with, or with people. Another question for you. Yeah. Just because the business makes a hundred or $150,000, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're taking home. I mean, what if you don't, do you need to leave money in for reserves? Like how do you determine what your, the business is making that, but then what's your income portion of that? Well, I mean, I guess you're, what you're referring to is how much of that is cash. Yeah. Um, cause income is going to be income. Yeah. Um, because income you're going to, whether you take that money or leave it in your account, is going to be taxed as income period. Gotcha. And people yeah. refer to that as like a business. When they say your business made a hundred thousand dollars, they're not looking at it from a free cash flow statement. Right. Um, that just not, they're looking at it from an income standpoint from what that is. So yeah, then you just need to figure out what reserves are. Um, I think whether you have reserves in there or, or you should have reserves in there, but whether you have reserves in there or not, once you have that foundational set of money, you should be building up reserves while, while you're building up that foundational set of money. And then you just figure out how much you want to live off. Right. So it's a great qual- qual- qualifying question. So maybe is that I want to live off a hundred grand, but my business needs to net 150. Yeah. So there's taxes and there's additional things that we want to put money into there. And so therefore I can extract a hundred thousand dollars of cash every single year to be able to do this. So whatever that foundational set of money is, and I would, I would use that as an after tax dollar because, and so you just know your tax bracket. I mean, it's 30%. So maybe it's two fifty, right? And that's a big one right here from a lot of people. And so then maybe you got to make around $500,000 in income to really, to put some money away, to pay after taxes. And that's going to give you somewhere between two fifty dollars and $300,000 in free cash flow to be able to use it. Then anything above that, then you can start sharing in the profits or, you know, you're sharing in a higher amount to your employees. If you want, there's different things that you can do for creating another company where there's some, um, maybe buy-in or some earned or not even earned, but almost gifted equity in a different organization. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then, so as an entrepreneur, so then what else then look around and saying, where, where else could we go into? Think of it as the flywheel effect. This is why Amazon, by the way, is so incredible about what they've created Mm -hmm. is because they, um, they went and they found, areas that were going to cost them money and they went and spun that off. It's called a flywheel effect, right? They went and spun that off as a profit center instead of an expense center. And so that's just, that, that is, that takes a very entrepreneur to think that way, right? To go, because it takes investment, yeah. it takes capital, and it takes maybe a year or two to even get it profitable right. versus just, it, oh, it's easier to pay for five grand a month, right? right? Is it, or can you go create a profit center that then you're getting out? I'll give you an example. So maybe you have a construction firm and you're spending $200,000 a year in architectural drawings, right? Can you go create an architectural firm that is a separate label, right? Or maybe the same one that you then spin off, that you then open up to the rest of the, the world mm-hmm. to take advantage of it. So it's creating a profit and you are um, able to control the process much more. I mean, Amazon's doing this with everything from, um, 
you know, people don't realize that web, web solutions or web um, servicing, yeah. it's, uh, it's just cloud servicing. So they store, it's cloud storage. That's yes. what it is, right? Their Amazon, the AWS is what it is, represents like 40% of their income, um, of Amazon's income. And they started that. People don't realize that, that that's where the majority of their income came from early on because they realized I need to store all this stuff in cloud storage, right? So therefore I might as well open it up to everybody else. And that became a big profit center for them. And then that's what they've done with distribution. Distribution. Correct. They're buying uh, warehouses to be able to distribute this from those. They're creating drones, which then are using that and selling that information to um, the military and to governments to have contracts that way. And then they're also um, now creating drive, you know, self-driving vehicles to yes, do it, to deliver, to or, deliver. They have Mercedes wait, vans. Deliver, now they have both people or to deliver products. products. But I think eventually it'll be people with yeah, the probably zoo, uh, zoo. But I think yeah. that is for, I don't know if that's, is that for riders? Yeah. I know that's crazy. So again, they're yeah. spinning that off. So you can see the flywheel effect in those things. Yeah, it's a driverless uh, car. It's awesome. Yeah. But they're also, I thought, oh, that's right. Because they were going to create that and then use that to actually drive and deliver packages yeah. to places. Then, well, then why not just deliver people? Exactly. You might as well, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, we use that as an example as a, as a large platform, but how do you break this down in your own life? Like what flywheel effect can you have, right? Again, is it coaching and training? Is it consulting? Is it a blog? Is it a podcast? Is it a book that you write? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things, you know, when, when we wrote Founder and Force Multiplier, I mean, that was ultimately your idea, Hallie, right? I mean, so you came up mm-hmm. with that and I just allowed the world to be big enough and to participate in that book. Right. And so we got to do that together, but you came and said, Hey, you know, I want to go create this additional, not necessarily just income stream, but you just, I want to go create this other opportunity. Well, I think like most ideas that we have or like collaborations that we have, I think you, I think you were the one who was like, we need to write a book. And I said, and then, and that's what you said. Yeah. And then the rest came. <laughs> yes. And then yeah. you said, we need to t- create technology. And then I said, okay, this is the technology. Yeah. And, and so you can just, you, and, and we were willing, I was willing to invest as an entrepreneur. You invested time, right? But I invested money to do the services from whether technology and those different totally. things. So again, I just given that perspective, if whether you have three employees or 10 employees or a hundred employees, how can you keep creating a world large enough and even trying to get unpack that word so people can see it mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Again, um, coaching we loved as a natural byproduct. We also had the right person to go run that. Um, so it all made sense to really kind of push that over there. And then what that's done is again, I gave examples. There's people in our world that are making great salaries and then also making three to $5,000 a month coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that. Right. Yeah. And if you're thinking as an employer, like, oh, they're not, they shouldn't be doing this during work time. We don't really have that. Like people, yeah. it, to me, if like, you just need to get your stuff done, you yeah. can do it during the day. If like they, just if, get it done. Treat people I'm as adults. Of like Aaron or, yeah. or Becca is coaching at two in the afternoon and they has, have still, still have work to do. They're going to do it on Saturday morning. Yeah, exactly. So do we care if they coach on Saturday morning or yeah. on Tuesday in the afternoon? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even, even, you know, Amy, you know, um, kind of our collective EA, if you will. I mean, she wants to get into training, right? And coaching a little bit. Yes. So she's now starting yes. to take the steps necessary to go out there and learn and invest into yeah, herself. Health, to health be able and to, fitness coaching. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Which we brought on a health and fitness coach to kind of open mm-hmm. up that whole world, right? Mm-hmm. I actually, can I point out one thing? Yeah. For people who are listening, who are not entrepreneurs, who, who are employees, everything that you're saying from the employee perspective, you can go ask or talk mm-hmm. to your, your, um, your leader about all of these things, because if your leader maybe isn't naturally creating these opportunities for you, um, I just want people to hear that they can actually go ask for those other yeah. opportunities, go ask for, maybe it's time, especially our force multipliers, maybe it's time, maybe bring the profit share idea 
to your leader and um, help create that income stream for yourself and for other employees. Yeah. There should be no reason why any company can't create a profit share system. It doesn't mean it'll be paid out tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but they should be able to create one because then whatever the company is at, they should say, at what level are you willing to share some profit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we created it a yeah, four, five. A while ago, yeah, exactly. A while ago, and it t- took us a little while to. Yeah, I mean, Keller Williams yeah. created their profit share system. Took seven years to profit share. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but now yeah. they're profit sharing. They're matching almost twenty five percent of yeah. people's salaries. I just got my profit share check. What a couple. Whatever. Well, I was talking about from the employee standpoint. Oh, you're employees. talking about profit sharing yeah, from yeah. that standpoint. I'm, I'm talking about sorry, from yeah. KWRI created a profit sharing system oh, yeah, okay. for their employees, right? And it took seven years Crazy, for them yeah. to, but that's because that's how long it took to actually turn a profit yeah. in that yeah. company, right? And so, but they created it ahead of time so they could see it. And once they started doing it, it was just automatic. And that's probably some great profit share. Yeah. I mean, I think most people, they cap out at, I think 25%. I could be wrong mm-hmm. on that, but that's about what they get almost ever between 25 and 30%. Maybe it doesn't cap out, but whatever it is, but it's, it's pretty cool to kind of yeah. see that of how much that you can do this. So just examples of things you'd even as another example, I mean, we created Herg offers. People could invest into that. They had yeah. some money lying aside from any dollar amount. We took our investment division from BlackRock, which is already there natural byproduct of that is I went to our CFO and said, Hey, do you want to earn some additional income? Again, for them to be able to do that, mm-hmm. you're going to have to come in on Saturday morning, Friday afternoon. I don't care when it gets done. It's got to get done. I know you're busy. Go help create this. Go create all the documents that we need. And you know, we've got, we got a couple hundred thousand dollars from people around yeah. this. We're about to do our first deal and we're creating a different profit share income for people, different stream. Yeah. Now, as a, I was yeah. going to say there, I feel like there's so many examples, but another example is you own the building that we're in mm-hmm. and uh, instead of paying a property manager, yeah. We have yes. somebody here who's earned additional income to manage the property. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and abs- we're working on creating a profit property management company so that we don't have to have pay a property manager. Exactly. For our building. So, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. So again, we're just giving examples from everything from starting something online to something that you're already doing and you're getting into. The goal is as an employee or as an entrepreneur, how do you increase your your world so that there are additional income streams. And then one of the questions that we got, which I want to tackle, uh, how do you want to read it? Yeah. I was going to just ask you that question. So, um, is it better to have all of these multiple income streams? Some might only make you $5,000 a year and some make you $200,000 a year. Um, is it better to have multiple streams of income or is it just better to have one really high paying income stream? I think there should be one main source of income. I think if you look at most entrepreneurs and if you actually look at most businesses, they have one main stream of income. That might be giving them 75%, 80%? Yeah, probably 50%. 50, 50, 50%, 50%. Yeah, 50%. Okay. I mean, think about even like Microsoft I'm actually or Apple thinking about myself, quite or honestly. yourself. Yes. And, yeah. and, but what, so again, it's, it's not like those income streams need to match what your current position is. So like you look at it and go, okay, what's your, you should have one core dollar amount that's coming in from, or one core business, right? And then when you sort of multiple income stream, you could say, well, if I can go make $5,000 doing this, but the thing is you're looking for is my time to get that $5,000 yeah. is like you said in the beginning is very minimal, yeah. right? Or it's, or it's already, you're already doing it. It's just, it's just now monetizing it somehow, exactly. right? It's like, as an example, like you getting your real estate license, you have no business, you have no interest in selling any real estate, but you're like, yeah. I refer people to our teams all the time. So yeah. you might as well get a referral fee. Yeah. I'm like, God, I've lost so much money. Over I know. 
years. I mean, it's probably 20, 30 grand a year. Oh God. Just, yeah. just by referrals. It was just a couple thousand dollars last month for my parents. I know. That I couldn't collect a referral fee <laughs> I, on because I, I don't have my goddamn license. Exactly. And so that's, that's what I mean. Like it, you wouldn't have changed anything because you would have just referred them anyways to yeah, our team. Yeah. So you, you might say, that's what I mean. Like monetizing those things. And I think people are, if there are assistants or employees in real estate, that's one of the first things to do is get licensed so yeah. that you can start referring people. And then maybe you take a Saturday and you call some of your sphere of influence and you let them know if you want to go above and beyond. Right. I know you're not, gonna do I that. will never do that. <laughs> I'm just giving <laughs> examples of other things that people could do. Yeah. Right. Um, to be able to do that. So I think, but then what, then why is it better to have those multiple streams than just just one. Well, for one, if one, if the, if the income, I know the beginning part of my entrepreneurship career, when I was going out and creating multiple businesses, if I didn't actually have multiple streams of income, it would have prevented me from growing to the level that I wanted to grow mm. because one month here's, here's where it gets, gets good. And then here's where it gets bad. It's really good when all of your income streams are going well, Yeah, <laughs> it gets medium or good when you have two that are not doing so well, but two that are, that are carrying you through. Mm -hmm. It gets real bad when all of them are not. (laughs) And that's where, that's why there's a little, if there's, if there's risk associated with it, right? If you're writing a blog and it's not doing well, it's not costing you any money. But if you go and create, you know, a property management company and that's not doing well, you have expenses, you have contracts, you have those different things. It could cause a loss. Right. Um, I mean, I created an organization this year that is probably going to cost me like 40 grand loss. <laughs> um, many, many reasons is on that. that. A tax yes, it is a tax <laughs> write off. Um, but it's, it's, it was something that it was a great lesson for me and, and those things are totally. good to have. So you, you kind of have these, these spinoffs, but I had plenty of income coming into offset it. Here's the thing. If you're, if you're having to invest money into another income stream, which I think there's two different main income streams you should think about one where there's no and money associated with trying to extract additional income. Then the other income stream is one where it's just my time and the risk is time. That's mm-hmm. it. So that's kind of the bifurcation of those two things. I think going back to your, the comments earlier, the non-entrepreneurs or less entrepreneurial will much more go, I don't mind losing my time. I'm not going to go lose my money. And yeah. so I think that's the, that's, you have to decide where do I start first? Which path do you want to go on? Are you more entrepreneurial where I'm going to go take my money and put it at risk? And remember the thing here, if you're investing money into something and you can't afford the negative cash flow, that's not an investor. That's a risk taker mm-hmm. and you're flirting with danger. And when you're an investor, just like I was in this organization, I can go and lose 40 grand. I'm not happy about it, but it's not going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just one of those things. And so you, you need to understand that from the beginning about if you're, w- what road you're going down. I think most income streams for most people should in the beginning should be about time, right? Yeah. What can you do with your time? Like you getting your real estate license yeah. is, is a minimal amount of yes. one time expense to pay for it. Right. Yeah. And it's not going to cost you any money if you don't use it. And I was going to say that time thing, or like, what are you just assess your life and what are you actually already doing that? Yes. You don't even have to spend any more time doing like the referral thing. Yeah but you're just making it or just the the site that you're creating with your sister, which is going to be awesome. Right. I mean, that in itself is really just time. Yes. For the most part, and there's there's maybe some minimal amounts of money to yes. get things and there's up. Minimal expenses, but, but yes. it's 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 non risk taker. And I think right. naturally, I just knowing you so well, that's the avenues that you tend to go down very easily, yes. right? Which is I think a really good reflection of a lot of people because they don't want to invest their money into something else. 
Well, I was also going to say from the employee perspective, because this was actually an like a non-entrepreneur who asked that question originally um, about, well, what maybe, why shouldn't you just go get one really high in salary income, yeah. job yeah. Um, or, or income stream? And to me, to being slightly risk averse, it's, well, how secure are you in that job or that industry? We 2020 it was crazy. Like yeah. what happens if that job disappears tomorrow? Yeah. Do you have any other sources of income coming in? Even if they're small, yeah. um, because then could like, let's say the referral thing, let's give that as an example. If all of a sudden Adam Hergenrother companies cease to exist tomorrow, I could just like go all in on real estate if I had to real mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. Right. Cause I've already got my license. I yeah. already understand referrals and I could, I could make something happen there yeah. quickly. And I like to have those choices and those options Absolutely. And, and the different income streams to me just means opportunities and options, yeah. which I like. Which I think it's, it's well said. And it's also a growth factor, right? It's also mm -hmm. just, it's yes, the income is great to have that as a byproduct of what you're doing, but you're also learning. You're, you're going to fail through some of those things. You're going to, it may open up another door, right? This is an entrepreneur. When you go and you open up something, I'm actually thinking about this loss over here. Can I actually take that person and put them into a new position? I know it's, we'll get into that conversation later, but I'm like, like it's, 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 there's different <laughs> things that kind of go down that line. So yeah. you just don't know where it's going to, where happen is. So my guess, my point is lean into life, lean into additional income streams because they're going to provide opportunity. They're going to provide opportunity for growth, opportunity for income. They're going to give you options as how they said. You just got to make sure that you start. So if you're an employee, go have the conversation with your employer or your, or your manager, or if they say no, where's your natural strength? Maybe you love mountain biking and mountain biking is your thing. Can you create a blog or can you get into that? Then all of a sudden the bloggers going to ask you questions about what products you're using. Okay. Next thing you know, you're yeah. writing products about the products that you're using and yeah. they're paying you to do yeah. that, right? You just don't know where it's going to go. And that's fine. I mean, Amazon started off selling books. <laughs> They've morphed, right? Mm -hmm. You will too. So the income streams is, is, is a, is a byproduct. The income itself is, but really what's happening is, is you morphing and leaning into life by creating these additional income streams because they're going to give you options, flexibility, and additional choices in your life. Hey, if you like this episode of Business Meets Spirituality, make sure to subscribe to this podcast before you go so you don't miss future episodes. Or visit our website, adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, never give up on joy.